Good morning, Bucknutters. Welcome to the Bucknuts Morning 5 here on Friday, October 9th, 2020. I am Dave Biddle. I am very happy to be joined by Jonah Booker for his usual Friday visit. Jay Book, let's talk a lot about the defensive tackles on today's show. We'll talk about some defensive ends for the Buckeyes. We'll talk about some running backs. Get into Dwayne Haskins a little bit. Let's start with the defensive tackles. Where are you at, like... How worried are you about the depth at D-Tackle? I feel like they're like in, in a good spot with Tommy Togiai as the one-tech and Antoine Jackson as the three-tech starting. But depth-wise, I'm concerned. Where are you at, sir? Yeah, I think Tom, uh, Big Tom is poised to have a monster year. Everyone in the program raves about his leadership ever since he arrived in the program. He's a guy that really flashed last year. I think we're really going to need Antoine Jackson. I think that's going to be key. He really needs to play at a high level. Um, not having Terran Vinson 100% healthy, and it, it's kind of been the story of his career since he's been arrived. Since he's arrived here, a five-star recruit that everyone in the country was after. He just can't get on the field and stay healthy with that shoulder, and then. Uh, losing Haskell Garrett in the offseason to the gunshot wound, that was a major blow as well because he was poised to have a, a breakout year. Uh, this was his time to shine as an upperclassman. So I'm I'm in the same mind frame as you are. I feel good about the first two guys. The next wave of guys will really need to step up. They're very young guys. Um, I know Ryan Day touched on the defensive tackles on his show and. He, he really raved about the younger guys, but you don't know what you're going to have with those young guys until the actual bullets start flying. Jaden McKenzie's a guy that is a name that I think a lot of Bucknutters need, need to keep an eye on. Redshirt freshman, not very highly recruited out of Wake Forest, North Carolina. Larry Johnson talked him up a lot on the call the other day, and you know every coach is going to use coach speak to a certain degree, but Larry Johnson overall is a straight shooter, and I think Jaden McKenzie as a redshirt freshman, 6'2", 290, he might be a guy at the three-tech that can help out behind Antoine Jackson. Yeah, and he he's a kid that can really get after the quarterback. I know in the high school level, he played a lot of defensive end, and coming into the program, he wanted people to be to consider him a defensive end, but if you look at his frame and his body, it was no question in my mind that he was going to be a defensive tackle. But the fact that he his name is getting mentioned early on in his career bodes well for him, especially a guy that a lot of people thought that Ohio State was taking a flyer on, as you mentioned, a three-star kid. But if you pop on his tape and watch him, he really gets after it. The guy plays with an edge. He plays hard. And when, when you come to Ohio State, no matter if you're a five-star guy or a three-star guy, I mean, Jay, it's ironic that you have the, the three-star kid who really wasn't recruited as highly as Terran Vincent, who's probably going to see the field before he does. I mean, that's just the the way that recruiting goes. It's, it's an inexact science, but you recruit guys that you think can see the field and play, and he's a kid that, um, that's going to pop. And I think another name to mention that, uh, to keep in mind is Ty Hamilton, Davon Hamilton's younger brother. I've heard a lot of good things about him, and they really like the way that he's starting to come on. Now, as as concerned as I am about depth at D-tackle, I love the depth at defensive end. I, I don't know if I love it as much as Larry Johnson does. Larry Johnson loves it as much as anybody. He said on our 
Cole the other day on Zoom, he said, I feel like I have five starters at defensive end for those two spots. Five starters. He said the exact quote was, we have five guys that could start anywhere in the country at DN. He's talking about Zach Harrison. He's talking about Tyreek Smith, Jonathan Cooper, Tyler Friday, and Javante Jean-Baptiste. So, yeah, the Buckeyes, I think they're in good shape at D-tackle. Again, the depth isn't great, but, man, you got Tommy Togiai and Antoine Jackson as your starters, other guys that can back them up. I think they'll be okay there. But, man, they are stacked at DN, J-Book. Yeah, you, and I would even throw this name out here who I've been told that is starting to really come on is Noah Potter, who they also like uh, looking like a baby Bosa with the 97 out there, six, six, two seventy, And so he's, he's a guy um, that probably won't see a ton of playing time because there's so many guys ahead of him, but he's another one to keep in mention, but the, the defensive end, it bodes well for the, the, the scheme that Ohio state wants to run and the way Larry Johnson coaches, because he wants guys to be in a rotation. He doesn't want to see guys having to play 80 and 90 snaps because eventually once the fourth quarter comes around, guys, they, they lose a little bit of gas there. So if you're able to keep uh, bodies just coming at the quarterbacks in waves, that is going to create a lot of havoc in the Big Ten. So as long as they can hold up inside the middle there, I, I look for them to really excel. And keep in mind what Ohio State likes to do, especially when it comes third and long packages. They'll move some of those defensive ends on the inside to create uh, matchup nightmares. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see a lot of those DN bodies kick in on the inside on you know, third and 10, third and 15 to try to get after the quarterback. And as LJ said, he loves all five of those guys, but the top two guys – are Tyreek Smith and Zach Harrison in whatever order. Zach Harrison, Tyreek Smith, Tyreek Smith, Zach Harrison. Those are the two main guys from what I'm hearing. What do you expect out of those two? If Tyreek can stay healthy, he he, he should have a very solid year. The, the time is now for him to shine on the big stage. Uh, as Larry Johnson mentioned, when it comes to Zach Harrison, he, ha he can't worry about the hype. That, that came before him in regards to the Bosa brothers and Chase Young. Even though Zach Harrison is considered the next one in line to be that big name uh, that pops for Ohio State at that position, he just has to play his game and do what he has to do in order to make sure he's producing at a high level. But I, I think Tyreek, if he can stay healthy, um, he's poised to have a big year. That's a big if there because he's been nicked up quite a bit since he's been here. A major, major talent that can really bend the curve and get after the quarterback. The only question is, is can he stay on the field? All right, to the offensive side of the ball we go. The running backs, Jay Book. Looks like running back by committee. Hopefully a guy steps up that really just, you know, takes the ball and, and runs with it, pun intended. But, you know, it looks like it's going to be Trey Sermon, Master T, kind of splitting carries. They've got other guys in the mix, Steel Chambers, Marcus Crowley when he gets back, Xavier Johnson, a walk-on that nobody's talking about that's definitely in the mix. And even Mayan Williams is a, is a true freshman. He's not going to play a lot, but I, I, he'll be out there a little bit. Um, where are you at on the running backs collectively? I think the running backs will be solid. I'm not expecting all world from them, um, but I think they're going to be solid because if you look at Ohio State's offensive line, it should be 
one of the most dominant units in college football. So the holes are going to be massive there, especially when teams have to account for Justin Fields with the zone read that they intend to run. So I expect uh, Master Teague and Trey Sermon to have some solid, solid gains here. If one of I, I think, you know, both guys have a shot at knocking on that door as, as a thousand yard back. We saw it from Teague last year, you know, knocking knocking on the door with J.K. getting the lion's share of the carries. With both of these guys splitting touches, they both have a shot there. And, and you mentioned Xavier Johnson. Um, Tony Alford is very high on this kid. He's As you mentioned, he's a walk-on. He, he turned down Power 5 offers and D1 scholarship offers in order to walk on at Ohio State. And they really rave about him and his leadership in that room. And as you mentioned, Steel Chambers and then um, Mayan Williams just got his black stripe removed. They call him Meatball because the way he stacked up, I love that name. For running back. <laughs> I love that too. That's great. Yeah, if you if you listen if you watch the uh, the black stripe removal video, you'll hear guys in the back calling them meatballs. Uh, I got a pretty pretty big chuckle out of that. So I think they have talent there. Um, the the thing that is really going to be a major part for them is how well the offensive line plays, and I expect that offensive line to have a monster year. Yeah, it's going to be one of the best offensive lines we've ever seen at Ohio State, and that is saying a lot. All right, last thing. This Dwayne Haskins stuff pisses me off. Like, I mean, my God, Washington acting like, you know, he's the scapegoat here. And I know maybe he's not doing everything he should, but my, you use the number 15 pick on a kid. What we saw in 2018 was no mirage. That kid can play some football. He, his arm talent is off the charts. I completely put this on Washington. You know, if Dwayne's not doing everything, he should be okay. And put a little bit on him, I guess. But um, to bench Dwayne Haskins, as you mentioned on Twitter it, with, with the clown emoji, like this kid goes out there a, as a, you know, basically a rookie because last year, his rookie year was sabotaged by Jay Gruden 10th start as a pro goes out there and throws for 317 yards against the Baltimore Ravens. And then you bench him. I mean, it sounds like he was just set up to fail and it just, it ticks me off, man. Where are you at on this? Yeah, I, I'm in the same I'm in the same boat. The Washington organization is a dumpster fire. It has been and and it will continue to be that way as long as Daniel Snyder's the owner. Mm-hmm. And it's it's disgusting the way they're trying to make Dwayne the scapegoat. He he throws for three hundred plus against the Ravens, has a ninety plus uh QBR, seventy one percent passing completions with only Terry McLaurin as his weapon and one of the worst offensive line in football, if not the worst offensive line. And and he's the problem. I mean, he has nothing to work with, zero weapons. And if you listen to Ron Rivera, he, he, he came to his little press conference this week and trying to explain the situation saying that they felt that there's more plays out there that should have been made by Dwayne. And with the, the NFC East being so terrible, they still have a shot to win the division. So they want to, he wants to roll the dice now with Kyle Allen to see if they can get more of a spark. To me, I, I, and I said it this morning, it's CBS Sports' mock, latest mock draft has the Washington organization drafting Justin Fields. And that would be career suicide if Fields go there because he's, <laughs> going to be the same, 
it's going to be the same situation. It's going to be another highly regarded Ohio State quarterback that Washington takes in the first round, but he still will have a terrible offensive line, a terrible organization, and only Terry McLaurin as his weapons. And so I, I'm hoping now that Washington makes the quarterback switch that they will actually win some ball games so they can drop out of the top five and Justin Fields doesn't have to go there and have his career ruined by the Snyders and Ron Rivera. And, and I also said, if, if I'm the, the, um, the Steelers, I'm sending a fifth round, fourth round pick over to Washington and getting Dwayne Haskins and let him sit behind Big Ben for two years, learn the game, learn the intricacies of being an NFL quarterback, and then unleash him with that, with all of the talent that the Steelers have, which is, you know, a heck of a skill position group. Him and Big Ben, you know, their games are similar, big time arm. They can really stretch the field uh, when the plays are called. They're not very mobile, but Haskins can run enough to get get himself somewhat out of trouble. The, the Steelers need a contingency plan after Big Ben. If you throw a, a pick over there, you're going to be able to control uh, Dwayne's rookie rights for the next several years, and, and that should give you the hair apparent to Big Ben. Man, don't be giving the Steelers any great ideas like that. <laughs> Hey, at least your bing, at least your Bengals are are looking more competent than some other franchise right now. I mean, heck, the, the Cincinnati Bengals look they're they're looking like the the New England Patriots organization compared to the Washington Ball Club. <laughs> no doubt about it. That that would be my luck. You know, we finally get rid of Roethlisberger. The Steelers trade like a fourth rounder for Haskins, and then he turns into Roethlisberger Part Two. Yeah, quit giving good ideas to the Steelers, my man. <laughs> He is Jonah Booker. He is the man. He's a great follow on Twitter, at jbook37. Thank you very much, jbook, and thank you to all the listeners out there for tuning in the show. As always, if you like the show, give us a five-star review or subscribe. It really helps. Thanks again to jbook. Thank you to all the listeners. Have a great weekend, Bucknutters. Bucknutters.